Hey guys, welcome back to Table Talk with Tiffany. I'm your host, Tiffany Taylor, and this is Table Talk. This podcast hopes to serve a purpose by being a virtual table where I can gather my friends around and we share stories of courage, inspiration, and faith. I'm so excited to have you joining me today. Let's Table Talk. Hey guys, so happy that you're here and really excited for you to hear my conversation with my past roommate and friend, Joy. Now, I just wanted to update you. Unfortunately, I lost connection about five minutes in and that caused my mic to be weird. So you'll hear a different sound when I am talking for the rest of the time. So I just wanted to let you know it's not your earphones, it's my microphone. The good news is, is that Joy sounds incredible. The bad news is, is that I sound like I'm underwater. But you know what? You're not here to listen or learn from me. So tune in and buckle through the wonky underwater sounds of me and learn lots of good emotional health stuff from Joy. Joy, thanks for being on this podcast today with me. Um, I'm really excited to talk with you and have you share wisdom and insight and anything we could we could talk about anything and I know that would be good so will you give yourself a little introduction just a five minute who are you what are you doing in life right now yeah um so I'm Joy um I am currently living in Austin Texas my husband my Belgian husband um (laughs) I just graduated from marriage and family therapy master's degree at Northwestern Um, And that was my path up until December. And um, recently have redirected my path just because my heart was just telling me to go a different direction. And so I'm just listening to my heart and figuring out the steps as it goes. Um, I am leaning toward the direction of coaching just because it gives me a little bit more flexibility and I'm able to have more freedom what I wanna do. Um, But I actually recently just signed up for like a 12 week um, clarity program. So once that's done, then I think I'll have a little bit more of a direction of what I want to do. But wow, I, yeah, I'm a free agent, just figuring out what I want to do and what my heart is speaking to me and something that accesses my heart 100% of the time. So I'm wow. yeah, you'll have to tell me how that goes. Yeah, for the, sure. For, for everybody else who may want to do it or your girl right here who will benefit from it. Um, But yeah, I really wanted to have Joy on the podcast today because what she's walking through, what she's carrying, what she's anointed in is this emotional health topic. And it's been so amazing for me to be able to be friends with you. I mean, I feel like I learn something from you all the time. And for our listeners to know, Joy lived in the house my first year of BSSM and she had done school the prior year and she was doing different things and running and and living with 12 crazy girls. (laughs) And it was so much fun to have her, have her in the house and then have her be a part of our life. But that's how Joy Joy and I know each other is by living together in Reading and maintaining friendship over the past three years. So yeah, Joy, I'll just like really kick it off to you and ask you, what does emotional health mean to you? I would say for me, emotional health is something I've really been um, walking through, especially from BSSM and then going to grad school and now living in Austin. Um, 
you walking in fully 100% of who you're supposed to be, like not. And that whole experience, I think, was really a kick in my butt because I think walking in such a free environment and then going to grad school and people who, just, who didn't love the Lord, who didn't know like my background and just that vulnerability that I really crave, it was, it was a hard experience for me. And I think I was realizing there's so many lies that I believe and still am believing and trying to overcome about myself. And it kept me like, you know me. And I feel like when we lived together and just like, I, I had a lot of confidence, I think just because I don't know, like after being in BSSM and then living with you guys, there was just a freedom of, that I was walking in and then going to school, I was quiet. I, I felt very small. I was constantly comparing myself, constantly thinking like, I'm not enough. I, I'm not smart enough. I'm not competent enough. I'm, I'm believing all these lies and it kept me so crippled. It's so much fear. And I was just like, I, I'm, I wasn't joy. I wasn't myself. Um, mm -hmm. And now leaving that experience and like living in Austin and with my husband and just different things, I've, I've been realizing like even me making friendships now and where I was in grad school, it's way different because I'm now walking in a confidence of, I know who I am. And when the lies come up, I'm just, it still comes up. They're not gone. Um, but I think for a lot of people, if they don't have the awareness that these lies are lies, then there's constantly mm -hmm. walking in that just like, oh, I'm not enough. Okay, I'm just gonna say smaller. Oh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a burden. So I'm not gonna ask for what I actually want. You know what I mean? Or whatever, yeah. whatever. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's so much freedom in knowing like nobody ever really arrives, you know, like nobody gets to this certain point in life and it's like, oh, I'm done dealing with lies. Right. They've like missed me. They don't deal like I don't deal with that anymore. But the the truth is that we all still deal with lies or triggers or feeling small or inadequate or not worthy or not valuable and having to make conscious decisions. So it's not always easy, but I feel like it's freeing in some ways to know nobody's got it together. Right. Yeah. And I, I even before, like, I'll just be honest, obviously, even doing this podcast, um, I was like talking to a husband, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I need to, the perfection part of me was like, okay, I need to be perfect. And I need to be the person that gives all this wisdom and whatever. But also I had to remind myself, like, no one's perfect and I do not have to be perfect. And I'm, I'm enough just the way that I am and just being myself. Um, and so I have to, it's constantly catching that. And I think once you know, like, you can say the core lies that you believe about yourself or the core things that hold you back, you can constantly have the awareness of, okay, I'm doing that again. That the perfection part of me is speaking. Now, how do I let that part be like, okay, I'm good. I don't need to be perfect. Now, you know what I mean? Like you have to be aware of the parts that are speaking and that's kind yeah. of what I'm learning now. That's so good. Thank you for being here. Not perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, it's not, it's, it's too much of a hassle to try to be that way. It's, it's not going to work. So <laughs> yeah. Tab and I just talked about perfectionism a couple weeks ago mm -hmm. um, on the podcast and it was really fun to hear like her process in working through perfectionism. And I didn't think that I was a perfectionist until probably a year ago. Hmm. Like I was like, oh yeah, no, I'm not a perfectionist because my outward things weren't in order. Like, oh, my room is okay to like be a mess or 
like things in my life were okay to not be perfect. So I thought that was what constituted perfectionism when perfectionism for me, it's like there is an image that I need to uphold for you. And the image doesn't even need to be like a Barbie. It just Mm -hmm. needs to be what is acceptable. Mm -hmm. You can even be acceptably messy and it's acceptable, but even just the idea of like, no, nobody's opinion of me matters in who, if if I'm accepted or not and having Mm -hmm. to let go of that perfectionism part for myself too and realize, oh my gosh, I struggle with perfectionism. 100%. That, I, I feel like just you saying that, of we're talking about Enneagram, I'm a three. Um, and from, I'm not a super into Enneagram as some people are, but I know that um, for threes, it, you're kind of like the adaptable one, like whatever the, whatever the room needs you to be, you're that person. And I think yeah. that I realize I do that so often of, if I'm in a group of people who need, to, like, need me to be smart, I'm gonna be the smart one in the room. If someone needs me to be super goofy, I'm gonna be the goofy one in the room. I'm gonna be the one that's really into like, what, whatever they need me to be. And that's yeah. like, I, 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 it's, it's just, a, it's, it's a struggle. It's a constant battle for me. Cause I'm like, you don't need to be that person in the room in order to be loved in order to be valued in order to have Gosh. work in this situation. And that's hard. Oof. It's hard for me because yeah. like, I want, like, that's the core part of me. Like I want to have worth. I want people to see that I'm valuable, that I'm, that I am enough and I'm loved. And if that's, that, it's a part of me that I, I've constantly have to overcome because like to know that you are loved just by being you and you are exactly enough the way that you are, it's such a beautiful thing to say, but to believe is a whole nother reality. Mm-hmm. And you have to be, yep, it's a constant thing to be intentional about telling yourself that. Yeah. So how do we, how do we do it? Like, how do we believe? How do we work through those lies? I, story. <laughs> um, something that I've been doing and has been helpful for me. Um, I think for one, like I said, if you know the lies that, that you believe about yourself, having that awareness is a huge thing and kind of understanding where the root of where that came from helps as well. Cause I think if we, we know the root, we're able to say, okay, I remember that moment when I was example, four years old, and I wanted this thing. And this is kind of where that light uprooted or was built, then kind of seeing like, okay, that's why that pattern happens now. Um, now, for me, um, I, my parents from Nigeria, and um, also growing up in a Christian church, Christian household, I'm still a Christian now. Um, and I think uh, the Nigerian part of like being edu- like the education part, having to have the perfect grades if I came with anything lower than an A my parents would be like hey do better like that's not okay that's not acceptable mm-hmm. need a better grade which mm-hmm. I know from their value of education that makes sense but for being like a girl who's just like seeing my siblings getting scolded because they didn't get grades getting, didn't get good grades the whole thing I'm the third child and so I was seeing like okay if I don't get good grades if I don't get this part of me then my parents are going to be upset okay so let's have, let's see what happens when I get an A get an A, I get the praise, I get the adoration, I get the love, I get whatever. So I associate, wow. okay, I'm loved by being perfect. I'm loved by getting good grades, by doing these things. My parents love me and it's, Gosh. I am 27 and I still 
I still crave my dad's approval. I, I like still need to talk to him about those things. And then he's like, I don't, you don't need to come to me. I accept you just as you are. And he has to constantly tell me that, which is ridiculous. What a good um, dad. Good dad, yes. Good dad. An amazing dad. Um, so me realizing that, okay, that's where that part of me came from, that perfectionist part, the part that believes I'm not enough, the comparing part, that came from that moment, those moments when I was younger. Um, and so now that I have that awareness, whenever it comes up, I, I, it still comes up, but when it comes up, I know I'm like, even after the fact or during, I'm like, okay, that's, you have to stop doing that. That's not, that's not serving you in any way. You know, it's just mm -hmm. causing you to be anxious and stressed and whatever. Um, so having the awareness and then being aware when that happens in the moment. And I am constantly speaking af um, declarations and affirmations about myself because I heard um, everywhere, some places, but like the, we pretty much are thinking like 70% of our thoughts are negative and like only 30%, like might be the number might be wrong, but 30% is actually positive. And so if we are hearing only negative thoughts about ourselves and believing those things and filling our minds with those things, and the 30% of the truth is not really going to make a difference if 70% is negative. Um, so when the negative parts come, I have to try and make that like 70% good and even 30% not. Um, yeah. And if that outweighs the negative part, then that's going to, you're going to start believing more of the, more of the positive parts later. Um, so I do affirmations often. I journal. I definitely journal a lot, especially if like, okay, I've had a bad day. The lies were too strong that day. I'm journaling what happened that day. What happened for me to start going down that cycle again of not being enough, not needing to be perfect, whatever. Um, and I think I'm just constantly trying to keep myself self-aware of what's actually going on in the moment, um, even if it's after the fact. So like declarations, speaking truth, journaling, filling yourself with people who hype you up and speak the truth in your life, like my girls. Um, you like, if Tiffany, if you guys have kept other podcasts, you know, we have a house and we talk every day. So um, it's, it's constantly having people who um, are speaking life into you and just like knowing who you are, knowing your heart. Um, I, I know that if I'm, I'm needing that encouragement, I can go to them hundred percent. I'll have 50 messages of just speaking truth about who I am and my identity. And just, you know what I mean? Like it just, it keeps you full and it keeps you knowing exactly who you're supposed to be. Um, yeah, we will. We will hype you up to no end. <laughs> Not even a question. Like I, that's why I miss living with y'all. But um, oh man, I know if yeah, if we could get a thirteen room house so that we can all have our husbands live with us, so we don't have to share rooms like we did, mm -hmm. and we we live in a big house, I would be happy. I would I would be very happy. Be but very happy. okay. Can we talk about journaling really quick? What are some questions that you're asking yourself to help you process through the moment that just is about to turn you into a cycle or did turn you into a cycle? What are some questions that you are asking yourself to help ground you again? Excuse me. Um, um, for me, I always would ask like what, like I said, what, was a situation that happened for me to be triggered. And that could be literally, it could be even me scrolling on social media and seeing somebody doing something that I want to be doing. And then I'm feeling the needing to compare myself. Like I'm never going to get there. I'm not feeling enough. And that cycle happens. And so I'll have to, if I find myself in that cycle, I'll need to like, just take a step back and journal like what just happened. 
what lie am I believing about myself? I'm believing that I'm never going to get there. And where's that lie coming from? Where did that stem from? And I, it is a lot of things that happened in my, like just past things, you know, past things that you can be in past relationships or past things in my family and realizing like, okay, I'm, I'm believing the lie that I'm never going to have enough money because of like my childhood and we didn't have money, you know, and we didn't, there was always moments, even when I go back now, I'm like, we don't have money. And that, I think that he may not realize he's doing it, but I think it's still a part when I go home, it's just like, okay, I'm triggered money. Okay. That's a huge block I'm still working through, but that's a whole nother story. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, yeah, knowing what happened, finding a lie about what I believe in myself and then like finding out where that, where that like was rooted from. Um, that's, those are usually the prompts that I ask myself. It just helps me just to realize like, okay, child, the four-year-old Joy who's still feeling this need of needing to be perfect. Like, I understand where that's coming from. There's grace for you. There's compassion for you. You're allowed to be here in this space, but how, like, this isn't serving us. So how do we move forward in a way that's going to help 27-year-old me today be the woman that we actually want us to be, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So good. In ourselves, which a lot of psychology stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so fascinating. So fascinating. Really good stuff. Thanks for sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, so personally, I just had a conversation with a friend the other day that really challenged me where I realized that I wasn't connecting with them with my heart. I was self-protecting in the moment um, and it actually caused disconnection from me and this friend. And uh, I've never been called out like this before, but they, and called out is maybe a stronger word, but um, they challenged me and said, hey, when we were hanging out the other night, I felt disconnection at, at this moment and what happened there and they started asking me questions and I I was like okay I'm very shocked by this for many reasons but for I feel like that's such a general topic that we can really go after that I know people struggle with is vulnerability shame and and self-protection or what Brene Brown would say armoring up Mm -hmm. um can you speak to that for a little bit? What has been maybe a personal journey or how can people work through this? I bought scary clothes and it arrived today. So I'm like, Oof. I don't know, maybe oh in for God. a wild ride. Oh, you are, you really are. Um, vulnerability, honestly, is like my heartbeat. That is, I yeah, feel like let's that go. is what I need. That's like my heart. Um, I... I'll just be real. So I, um, and I think you know the story, but so when I was 18, I had a boyfriend and um, this is my first boyfriend. My parents didn't teach me about really anything about relationships because they were trying to protect me. It's fine. Anyway. um, So long story short, um, he, he awakened something in me that wasn't supposed to be awakened. And I was, you know, my first relationship. And I, from that, like after a relationship, I started struggling with masturbation. And that was like, that was such a moment of 
the, the thoughts of me being perfect was completely smashed because like I wasn't being perfect in that moment. Um, and I dealt with that for up until, um, up until I was just about to get married actually. So it was, I dealt with it maybe like five years. Um, and I felt so much shame. I felt so shame keeps you alone. Shame tries to keep you like, you're the only one doing with this. If you tell anybody, you're going to completely ruin your image. You're, you're the problem. You're the worst. Like all of these thoughts of the opposite of what I usually believe in myself, that I am perfect, that I am whatever. And this is my worth because I I'm perfect. And now I, my worth is completely nothing because I've been messing up this whole time. Um, and I finally ended up telling one of my like pastor's wives and she was like a mentor at the time. And she was, she told me her story and just really like pushed me and challenged me and all this stuff. Um, and I, even from that moment was helped, like just like talked about it all the time. Like I brought it up. I remember during um, first year, I literally just brought it up to random people who are in a house. I'm just like, I used to struggle with this. Like, what's up? Like, I don't know. Like, I just do, I will not let any shame have any hold in my life any longer mm -hmm. so if something is keeping me down i'm gonna tell somebody because i'm not i shame tries to keep you alone i'm gonna make sure that i'm not alone like i i okay i um i feel like when it comes to shame's the one thing that can keep you isolated and you'll never find freedom unless you, you share like that's the thing like the enemy tries to tell you if you tell somebody then dot 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 but when you actually tell somebody you experience so much freedom and wholeness and just breakthrough and that I'm like, I, I think that's why I even went into the therapy world because I'm like, I want to help people experience breakthrough and experience freedom and experience um, just letting their heart um, feel free for the first time and not allow shame to hold you back any longer. Um, and I feel like, yes, I feel like a lot of people experience shame and I don't know, I feel like I'm going to cry, but I'm going to, maybe we won't. Um, I just feel like a lot of people, a lot of women, women's on my heart. So I feel like a lot of women experience shame in any sense of like, I am not a good mom. I'm a horrible mom. I am a horrible wife. I am just a horrible person because of dot, dot, dot. And I am just like we we just cannot allow shame to hold we just can't allow shame to keep us crippled like that any longer um and so i'm just like i'm going on a tangent i'm sorry i'm just like trying to keep the note off but i um i think now so that you yeah you fight shame by being vulnerable yeah 100 percent um even in our house we had a night where we all just kind of just shared our hearts and that was you know that moment when you're in a room and people are being real and being vulnerable and your heart just starts to beat really fast because like I'm supposed to share there's something about this feels so right but it feels so scary that's yeah. like that's the feeling that I'm like mm -hmm. I grieve like, I think it's just so powerful when we're in a room of people who are just allowing all the walls to, like, to fall down and just being like this is me and if you're willing to accept that then then we can be a family and I think that's yeah. why our house was the way that it was because we were just very real right away um yeah. and there just weren't walls up any longer and so when we were dealing with something it's like you already know my stuff so i guess we can just be family now because there's nothing holding me back now um and yeah that's just like my heart for that's my heart for a woman that's my heart for people but 
just to having a world where people are allowing themselves just to put them, their walls down and just to experience so much joy. There's so much joy when they're, when you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable and free. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you, first of all, I, I love everything you're saying and um, thank you for being so honest and vulnerable here for us, but then also for people who are listening. Um, something that I would love for you to decipher is like, there's one thing to act vulnerable, like do vulnerable behavior, like share your story or share a secret or let a wall down. How do you live vulnerably? Like in this moment, there is an invitation for you to guard up and not allow yourself to feel an emotion and maybe cry. But Mm -hmm. even in that moment, you chose to live vulnerably and like keep being you and follow the train of thought. And so what if you cried? Like, do do you know what I'm talking about? Like one is an act of vulnerability that comes from a vulnerable space in your heart. Another's almost like living with your heart on your sleeve almost is that right or is there would you say something different um just want to make sure I'm getting your question right like you're saying like being vulnerable um like in a time and also being vulnerable like 100% of the time and or being like living life vulnerably you're asking like if there's what's the difference in that yeah okay that's what I just how do you, sure. maybe how do you how do you cultivate both okay or or is it not an either or I we'll just use it even in like the marriage sense so I feel like I mean being married is like a whole series of being vulnerable all the time um (laughs) and I especially I think for me the biggest part is when not even when I'm crying, because I know my husband's a safe space where I can cry and he's going to, that's, he'll take it hundred um, percent. I think the vulnerability comes when there's, there's conflict. And I think that is conflict. It's scary for me. And I think that I would prefer everything just to be good. You know what I mean? Like we're good. Like it's fine. Which is, we don't have to dive into what's really going on. Um, and I feel like in that moment, like it, Let's just say something is he said something and it hit my heart and I, I was I was hurt but I'm like that wasn't a big deal you know it's not a big deal let's just move on we're good you know but being like okay this is what's happening this is what I'm feeling this is where it's coming from will you accept that you know what I mean like in a conflict when we're both there's relational triggers whatever like if someone is triggering something in me, then we're going to have a conflict because I'm feeling like you're not doing this. And then, you know what I mean? It's a whole different, it's a vulnerable cycle every time you're fighting because I feel like you're, you're allowing yourself to be open. And then if the person accepts it and listens and validates that, or is a person going to be like defensive? And then it's like, Oh my gosh, you're not even listening to me. Then it's another fight and whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, and doing that in the middle of conflict is such a skill. I would think I would need like a cheat sheet. Like, okay, number one, be <laughs> kind to myself. Like, help me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, really though. And I feel like that, I feel like 
marriage has brought me into another level of it. Cause I feel like before I'm like, I'm very vulnerable. Like, I feel like I'm so vulnerable. And then you're in the middle of a conflict and it's like, ah, <laughs> like this is, this is scary. And this, it like being a hundred percent fully who you are. And then knowing the person's not going to walk away. That is vulnerability. And that is like what relationship is. And I feel like for me, that's just, because of my, the five years that I felt so much shame and so much guilt and all the stuff. And when I finally shared my story to people who didn't know my story and then they experienced freedom, I'm like, okay, that's, that's the life that I want to be living. And so mm. if this is going to better my marriage then I'm going to be vulnerable, you know, even if it's scary. And even if I, I don't want to, in that moment, I don't always want to be vulnerable. Let's just be honest. Like it'd be yeah. easier time just to be like, mm, good. <laughs> you don't need to know that. Or let's just move on um but i've from my experience vulnerability just brings so much freedom and it brings so much healing and that's just the way that i want to live my life all the time even if it doesn't feel comfortable because it's not comfortable almost ever um like really i'm ever Mm -hmm. unless you're with like you're having some wine and you're being vulnerable with girls whatever but it's not you know that's different um and so i think living choosing to live your life fully in that way it's it takes practice and it takes you just doing it okay i'm choosing to be open in this moment and just kind of like even if the response isn't the best i have to do this for my own heart's sake like my heart needs to be free and my heart needs to feel like it can feel safe in this moment and this is how it needs to feel feel safe if that makes sense Mm -hmm. um that's really good that's really good even to hear that vulnerability doesn't always feel fun or um doesn't yeah it just doesn't feel fun and it's not I guess what I'm trying to say vulnerability is always a choice yeah and maybe it's a choice that you've made that's easier because you've practiced a lot or you have like really good self-trigger or self-awareness to see the triggers and be able to navigate those but vulnerability is always something that you have to choose it sounds like so I, I feel inspired like I feel inspired just to live more open-hearted and vulnerable and connected to people so thanks for sharing all of it of course <laughs> Do you have any other thoughts surrounding any of those two topics? Um, I just want to say one other thing and then I'll let it go. Um, It's especially when it comes to an argument or just in general, it is so much easier to be angry than to actually ask yourself what's actually going on and experiencing the real feelings underneath the anger. I think mm-hmm. when we're in relationship and we're being angry is so much easier. It's a secondary emotion. We learned about that in school. It's a secondary emotion. It's an emotion that's maybe easier to come up because it's not really going to the real deepness of what you're actually feeling. And so sometimes when you're angry at somebody, um, you're actually feeling really hurt and you're actually feeling really um, afraid or you're actually feeling very sad or whatever. Um, and so some things that we would do in therapy or when I was working with clients was um, 
I'm seeing that you're angry and this is like an iceberg. The iceberg is showing the tip of what you're showing, but there's actually all these feelings underneath the iceberg that you're not actually revealing and what's actually there. Um, so just like a tip for people who maybe are trying to go through this journey of vulnerability and authenticity. Um, when you're finding yourself being angry, like the, maybe the real feeling you're actually feeling is like betrayed or hurt and just kind of going in a little bit deeper and that's where journaling is helpful of like, okay, this is, this is what happened and this is what I'm showing, but I'm really actually feeling dot, dot, dot. Um, I just think it's really helpful to actually know what you're actually feeling because I think that helps with the journey of being vulnerable and authentic of actually knowing you're actually um, experiencing all the time. So that's yeah. all. Thanks for bringing that up. I um, learned about the emotion, emotion circle, emotion okay. wheel. And mm -hmm. it has like, I think it does have, it's either three or six, but it has all these emotions with the five in the middle of mm -hmm. the core emotions of right. sad, hurt, happy, some other ones. And it, it feeds out to like a hundred or 150 emotions that are sometimes easier to be like, oh, I do feel misunderstood why oh i feel uh like i'm not known oh that makes me sad or things mm -hmm. it just helps it helps me navigate because i couldn't get to any core emotion even right. like happy emotions i think there's like two good emotions in there maybe i'm wrong i would have to take a look at it but there's like happy and something else and i was like am i feeling happy or why am i feeling nervous is it good mm -hmm. nervous is it bad nervous but Anyways, I love the emotion wheel because it really helps really narrow things in right. and then narrow things out. Like, oh, I know that I'm sad. Why do I feel sad? Oh, I feel misused. Why? Oh, and, and it helps. So it like in the same way that it feel it really narrows in. This is the core thing that you're dealing with. Right. Sometimes you know the core thing, but you don't really know the details, and it helps you feel right. like, oh, here's the specific feeling that you're feeling, and and you're right, it does help journal things out, and I would even incorporate the Lord into this moment and mm -hmm. invite the Holy Spirit in to be the comforter that He is, and help to be the best navigator of our own hearts and. Lord, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling yeah. this way? And help me to move move forward and piece me back together and tear me apart and all the things that, yeah, really good. Thanks for adding that. Um, if you don't have anything else to say, I'm going to ask my final question, but I want to give you any more space. Is there anything else that you'd like to say? I would like to ask you one final question. I don't think I've ever asked you this in person. So let's do it online. Okay. <laughs> um, with you and Matthew, with, so your husband is from Belgium. Y'all met in Redding, California. Um, and y'all did dating and engagement and some of marriage long distance. Yeah. So as you're learning vulnerability with him and growing emotional intimacy and everything, what has been different or what have you learned by being married long distance and now getting to live together 
Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like living together, I mean, has been its own thing for sure. It's It's been exciting because we're in a new space. We have our own space finally after however long. Um, I would say that, well, when you're long distance, you actually, you're, you're forced to communicate a lot. You have to over communicate because you're texting and FaceTiming only, you know, you're not actually there. And especially after an argument, if you're doing it online, you can't have the comfort of like, okay, we can hold each other when we're done and we're able to just like, everything's going to be okay. And so you're having to just like to resolve it and be like, okay, like, love you. Bye. You know, <laughs> um, that sucks. I think that was, um, I think realizing for us that we actually need connection. We need to choose connection in the middle of our conflicts because that, that helps us like staying connected in the middle of our conflicts or even especially afterwards helps us just like feel better because we, it, it, when you're leaving it the way that it is, I'm just like, I, I know you love me. Things are good. Like, it's fine. Like just over communicating. So we know they're okay. Just so because mm -hmm. we're online um, compared to now, like, I feel like our, our arguments can like be quick resolved quicker. You can say quicker. Of course, we're now that we're together. There's extra arguments because like we're face to face now, let's just be honest. Um, but I feel like for us, um, that has been the biggest part um, of how much like we actually need that connection, a physical connection um, on, on for good things and bad things of like, I need a, I need that physical connection when I'm like, I'm just needing a hug. So I love you. I'm needing it in the middle of like, I'm feeling very vulnerable. And I feel like we just need to resolve this like physically, like I just ran by a hug. I was like, I know that you still love me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think that's something where we've navigated a lot recently of like, this is something we actually really needed. And we didn't, I didn't realize how much we actually needed it until I mean, a year and a half in our marriage. Now we're finally together. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, that's something I think we've besides the other parts, but I feel like that's been probably our biggest part. And also I think it's something your dad mentioned to me too, because he was mentioning that they were long distance um, of like our conflicts because we've been long distance. It's just like at the end of the day, how important is that compared to now that we're actually together? You know what I mean? Like, it's been, that's for another conversation, but I feel like that's been like our, our fights as, as though they may feel like they're dragged out. It's like, okay, but we, at the end, they are together and thank God, this is, this has been such a joy and such a treat in choosing to like move past that moment. I'm like, okay, move on. It's not the big of a deal. That wasn't even a big of a deal. You're triggered for nothing. Um, so that's, yeah, that's been probably our biggest navigation. Sure. Very cool. I always honor couples who do anything serious long distance. I mean, I really can't imagine doing it. And I can imagine that after conflict, you would at least like to have them in the room like, oh, you're okay looking at me in the eye. But right. um, after conflict and then just hanging up, I'm like, okay, I'll talk to you tonight. You know, yeah. I, I can, I know for me, that would be really hard. So I'm glad that you guys are here that he has his visa and Lord. all things are are operating as normal yes amen um well joy i'm going to ask you my final question and i've had the like beautiful delight of getting to do life with you and have so many dinners with you and 
one of, or what this question I ask every guest, and it's because I want to know what your ideal dinner party would be. If you could invite anybody, if we could go anywhere, if we could do anything, if we could eat anything, what would, what would you do? Where would it be? All the things. I would say that our, my dinner party would be, um, the girls and our future spouses. Um, and we are in, I just, something about water keeps me very grounded and keeps me just like, my spirit just feels so good. So like, I feel like we're just like on the coast of Italy, just like drinking some wine and having like great appetizers. Um, and I feel like we're having, um, Oh, this actually reminded me of a moment, like um, the last day that was like our last big dinner we had um, at View 202 during our first year. Mm-hmm. And we had mm-hmm. like, just like speaking encouraging, encouragement to each other. I love that moment. I just felt it was so beautiful. So being really encouraging, probably ending in some like vulnerability sessions, so to be honest. Like I just, I just really crave those moments. I just feel so seen. Um, but doing it with like our husbands would be a whole different experience. Um, yeah, we but- would have to like, give cheat sheets or something like that you guys good (laughs) like I don't even know is everyone okay yeah but that would be like incredible just like especially near the water you feel super grounded and just allowing your spirit just to be like so open that would be parfait perfect Mm -hmm. fresh I'm learning (laughs) (laughs) oh I love it so much I would love to go to Italy it really is on my list of um trips if we can go this year I would love to love to go that's on my list too girl for real all right joy well thank you so much for for doing this and for being you and for choosing to live your life set on this venture that is like creating emotional people around you and even just going back to the vulnerability night in first year where you said I was vulnerable and it, and it helped other people also be vulnerable. And that's what I want to set my life to. I mean, it's just beautiful to watch you do that. And so mm-hmm. I love you. And I'm so happy that you're in my life. I love you too. And I am so honored to have you in mine. Thanks. So <laughs> All right. Sayonara. Sayonara. Bye. Bye.